But when I say the program is evolving, uh, in studio, uh, we have the one and only Blake, who yeah, is I'm usually here. on the other side of the glass. I'm in here now. Look at you. Not separated. Yeah, this is great. You I'm enjoying this? Yeah, we can kibitz without glass in the way. <laughs> it's new. I'll tell you what. Uh, Parker is on the other side of the glass. I, I am looking at glass. Not Blake, but I am this time. Yes. Eh, what are you going to do, Parker? It's evolving. We're nice evolving. to have you along. We are. And uh, producer Nick Roddy is also jumping in. Hi. What's happening? Welcome back to Married Blake. Hi, Nick. I was looking for you over my shoulder. No, I'm not here. I, I, it's, it's almost bedtime for me, but how's the first couple weeks of marriage, Blake? It's been great. It's been great. And I, well, until I had to text my wife and say, hey, I'm going to be home late tonight because I'm staying for the sports book. Welcome With your to pals. marriage. Yeah. <laughs> How's that honeydew list, huh? I've had a honeydew list for years now. <laughs> so nothing so, new. Nothing new. The only thing that's new then is the ring, which you said. And it happens when you first get married. You're like, what is on my hand? It feels weird. The ring and Amanda is having uh, identity crisis because her last name has changed. I'll tell you what. She can call me if she wants. It's it's weird because you've been one name your whole life and then you have to go to Social Security. I cried at the Social Security office. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would imagine... That there is a lot to that. Like you say, Social Security, your driver's license. The bank. The bank. Credit cards. That? Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, I didn't have to go through any of that. Yeah, Uh, just another edition of Men Have It Easier. But there is still a trend, I guess, of um, the hyphenating, where you keep your name and add on your hubbies. Well, you still got to do all that stuff, though, right? Yeah, I guess you do. Yeah. Yeah, there's really no way around it. Uh, I'll tell you what. There is a lot to kibitz about. And we'll start with what's going on in baseball because there is a ton, obviously. The uh, Red Wings with a nice addition. We'll touch on that, too. You better believe it. Uh, Meanwhile, let's begin with your Detroit Tigers. Of course, history made just this past Saturday. uh, Three pitchers, Matt Manning, Jason Foley, Alex Lang combining on the organization's very first combined no-hitter. When you consider how long the Tigers have been around, that's pretty cool that it's never been done before. I actually, you know, had to reread that when I saw that because they've been around forever, and it's the first combined no-hitter. So those guys were very excited. Did you see the press conference with the three of them? Oh, yeah. Then Haas was in there, too. Uh, For all the right reasons. Yeah. You got to have the uh, battery mate in, in, involved in that. And, uh, you know, you can't have a no hitter solo or combined without some stellar defensive plays. Kerry Carpenter had that amazing grab to start the fourth inning. Uh, Javi Baez made that huge play in the sixth, uh, racing into left field to catch uh, uh, Mr. Bichette's fly ball uh, with left fielder Zach McKinstry shifted to left center. Uh, and you got to have plays like that. But now the question becomes, was that combined no-no offset with the blown save yesterday? No, because it was history and then it was just another game, I think. I think this whole season is just going to be sort of moments that are exciting. And then like the very, like, kind of like golf. You can't follow up a birdie with <laughs> a good tee shot. Yeah, Danny Jansen. Thanks a lot, pal. Uh, hit the shot that did in the uh, Tigers. Tigers were up 3-1, two outs in the ninth. You're thinking, whoa, 
they're going to do some amazing things here. And Alex Lang has been so good. He, he hasn't has given been. up a home run in forever. And so there you have it. And the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, if you're looking for a positive, look no further than Tarek Skubal. Pitched four scoreless innings in his second start since missing 11 months uh, with that elbow sprain. And to uh, take it a step further, I've got some uh, other information on that. He has been on uh, quite a run since uh, his return, and hopefully that will continue. But here's the deal on this Tiger team. They're 39-50 and 50 at the break. They're just five and a half games behind the Twins. Thank goodness, because I think that makes it fun for fans to keep watching the division. But, I mean, they're going to be sellers still. You think? Did you, guys see, did you see that this was A.J. Hint's sixth no-hitter yeah. at the manager? Yeah. I mean... He's only been managing for like 10 years. Well, he's... Uh... Oh, no, no, since 2010, so... But not that long. 13 years and seven no-nos? He's six. been a six. six. Yeah, second place among managers. Yeah, that's not a uh, that's not a bad deal there. Can I uh, be negative, Blake, because that's my role on this show? <clears throat> sure. Well, we were expecting it any moment. <laughs> I don't, the combined no-hitter, it, you didn't get a no-hitter. They just no, got you no did. hits. No, you did. So, well, I mean, <sighs> think about what you're saying. You just, they didn't get any hits. So, well, by rule. What is the difference rule, if one person does that or three people do it? It's, it's a vibes thing. doesn't do it for me. You're poo-pooing the combined no-hitter. Yeah. Blake doesn't like teamwork. It's official. Jeez, oh, man. <laughs> well, we, Add we that, knew that to the list. Yeah. Yeah. Once so. again, Parker, thanks for stating the obvious there. Because <laughs> it applies to our only Blake. Uh, what I was going to say about the Tarek Skubal. He has now gone 26 innings without allowing an earned run. A uh, streak that uh, will have been over a year by the time he makes his next start. Uh, that's pretty, pretty good. That's really good news. And A.J. Hinch said for him to have two starts back-to-back after five days rest is really good. So he's trending in the right direction. Well, look, like I say, they're five and a half games behind the Twins in a lackluster division. And the Tigers uh, getting healthier. Riley Green back in. Akil Badu back in. Rodriguez back in. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Hopefully he shakes the rust off that uh, we saw in his first outing. Um, but this team, for some reason, still has my interest. You've been pro-Tigers since the beginning. I, and I don't know what's going on. Uh, but and I'll be the first to say, when the hopes get extremely high, they do something stupid. Mm-hmm. And that's a bummer. Like yesterday. You know, you take two or three from a pretty potent Toronto Blue Jay club. Right, but then lose to the A's. Or, you know, when exactly. the table is set, take they don't. one or three from me, you, Blake, Nick, Parker, and, uh, you know, four other people could have <laughs> taken a game in a three-game series from Oakland for crying out loud. Well... Yeah, that's the problem. They're not good enough to continue a streak, really. Consistency. Right. Well, we'll see if uh, that changes after the break. Uh, Meanwhile, the uh, draft last night in Major League Baseball. And, you know, here's the thing. Of the four majors, this 
is this the one that just gets pushed to the wayside? Oh, Major League Baseball's draft is tonight. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, because they're so young, and you're not going to see these guys for years. It's in the middle of the season. It's odd. And, you know, like Max Clark, uh, the Tigers went off third last night, and they shocked some people with that uh, selection of Max Clark. Why? Because, well, he's a high school kid uh, in Indiana. But by all accounts, uh, the kid, left-handed hitter, got a sweet swing, got more, more, more than enough speed, and uh, plenty of tools. So we'll see. But you take him third, and you're thinking maybe four, maybe five years down the road before we see him in a Tiger uniform. I think that's why Tigers fans are kind of like, meh. You know, how long do we have to wait? Like, it's not Scott Harris's fault, whatever happened with Al Avila. So he's doing things the way he wants to do it. He believes there's a huge upside to this kid, clearly, because he passed on Wyatt Langford. Right. And he's banking on this kid being number three overall good. Well, many under the impression uh, that Max Clark could have been El Numero Uno, but... uh, this draft in 2023 considered to be the deepest in a decade. Yeah. A generational talent pool, if you will. Well, the Tigers had a ton of picks, three in the top 45, so that's good. But again, in, in the next pick, he picked another high schooler. And uh, at numbers 37 and 45, as you mentioned, partner, uh, they went with a couple of infielders. The third pick was in college, so I guess we'll see him sooner. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but I will say this about what's going down. We got a uh, home run derby tonight. I've enjoyed it since they implemented the clock. And then, of course, the 93rd Midsummer Classic going on in Seattle tomorrow night. We'll talk about that uh, and some other stuff as we continue with the sports book here on 760 WJR. And as we start this new segment of the sports book here on WJR, a uh, blockbuster story to pass along to you just breaking as a matter of fact northwestern has fired their head football coach pat fitzgerald uh fitzgerald's firing comes in the wake of a two-week unpaid suspension that was announced by the school just this past friday following a university commissioned investigation into hazing allegations within the program that were made by an anonymous whistleblower now a day after announcing fitzgerald's suspension the school appeared to reverse course saturday night with University President Michael Schill saying in a letter sent to the Northwestern community that he may have erred in weighing the appropriate sanction for Fitzgerald. And now it's gone in the complete opposite direction. Um, Crazy. He has been the head football coach at Northwestern since 2006. If you read the articles of what happened, it's very, very disturbing. Uh, Extremely. And he... You know, initially claimed he didn't know anything about it, but that's a problem, too. That's happening on your team, and you don't know about it, but I don't really believe that. If something of that magnitude is going on inside your program, the one thing I know is people always talk. Right. Somewhere along the way, he had to have heard about what was going on. And then apparently there was this whiteboard inside the uh, locker room area that had names on it and some other verbiage that would lead somebody to believe that how could you not have known dude exactly like you never saw that whiteboard right yeah all right um here's 
Here, real quick, here's a letter from the Northwestern president uh, that he just released. He says, during the investigation, 11 current or former football student-athletes acknowledge that hazing has been ongoing within the football program. The hazing included forced participation, nudity, and sexualized acts of degrading nature. The head coach is ultimately responsible for the culture of his team. The hazing we investigated was widespread and clearly not a secret within the program, providing Coach Fitzgerald with the opportunity to learn what was happening. I say kudos to Northwestern. You figured out what was going on. Your alma mater. Exactly. I say kudos, Wildcats, because football, the winning record doesn't matter. If this is happening, it's not okay. Goodbye. Well, one thing I know, uh, having had a couple of conversations over the years with Pat Fitzgerald, he's obviously very well respected and uh, been there a long time. But that being said, uh, I've always had a problem in situations like this of somebody who's been around forever saying, I, I, I didn't know. You can, when you're in that position, you're the head, the CEO, whatever you want to call it. Right. You can't do that. All right. Uh, on to something a bit more positive, and that is the 93rd Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Now, for some reason, maybe it's just the kid in me. I always enjoy watching Major League Baseball's All-Star Game because of the four majors, it is played the way it's supposed to be played. Yeah, I'll give you that. And what I I thought you were going to start with the home run derby. What I like the most about it is the actual stars of the game play in it. Yeah. Instead of like the dunk contest when it's like, who's that? Yeah, there's uh, eight dudes vying for the uh, championship. Among them uh, is Pete Alonzo. Uh, he is a two-time champ. He is looking to uh, do it for the third time. How about that? Um, also involve Luis Robert, uh, and Vladimir Guerrero just saw him in town. So it's underway. Uh, and it, I really liked when they added the, uh, the clock. Yeah. It makes it exciting. Yeah. And the gold ball, you know, anytime you bring, you add an old gold, uh, gold ball to something, you know, you can't go wrong. Right. I like the brackets too. Yeah. You beat one guy, then you advance. Uh, the Tigers, in case you're wondering, uh, have one representative in the 93rd All-Star Game. That would be Michael Lorenzen. Signed a one-year, $8.5 million deal in December. Uh, the 31-year-old right-hander will become a free agent after this season. The Tigers are expected to trade him before the August 1st deadline. So enjoy him in a uh, Tiger uniform. Uh, Briefly. Yeah, tomorrow night in the All-Star game. Uh, this year, kind of an odd selection. Let's just yeah. put our cards on the table. He has a 2-6 and six record with a 4.28 ERA, 20 walks, and 62 strikeouts across 82 winnings and 14 starts. He posted a 1.83 ERA in six starts, spanning 39 and a third innings. That from May through through June 3rd. But... He now owns a 6.28 ERA in five starts since then. But he's our all-star representative. little respect. I mean, if they were going to pick anybody, why not pick the ceremonial Miguel Cabrera pick? Last season, people love him. Yeah. And to be honest, he's been one of the key offensive contributors of late. I mean, I know he's not the same Miguel Cabrera, but why not? Give him a nice send-off. Yeah. He'd get a huge ovation there. Yeah. Well, 
mistakes were made. <laughs> no one consulted do? me. Uh, what is the, uh, what, the American League has won nine straight anyway. Well. It's uh, been kind of a crazy run for them. Uh, Blake, do you bet on the Major League Baseball All-Star game? <laughs> I do not. I, I tend to stay away from baseball. Interesting. I just I don't I don't know as much about it. So I really uh, lock in during the football season. There, one of the producers, they'll remain nameless at Channel Four. He was telling me how he just sort of it's a fifty fifty chance. So he went with the Tigers to lose or something when they got the combined no hitter, and he's like lost that one. It's a shame. Yeah. The uh, odds makers are uh, liking the over at seven and a half runs. Yeah, me too. It's always fun to bet the over. It's always fun. (laughs) Now I want to bet the over in the All-Star game. You say that's so matter of fact. It is. You want to root for points. You don't want to root against points. Right. I mean, if you root against points, you're rooting for a boring game. Exactly. I think... Over seven and a half is is the way it's to go. An there's easy choice. Lock yeah, of the there's century. no doubt about that. All the all stars are there, um, but there's just something about it that I thoroughly enjoy. Well, you're a baseball guy. I I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I, I like it. I don't love it. Okay, I think we've discussed this, but we should again. The NBA All Star Game is a complete joke. The Pro Bowl, the NFL, was stupid. Correct. And they've done away with it. And the All-Star game in the NHL is silly. I like the NHL, but I also like hockey the best. Well, yeah, but I like the skills competition. You know, like last year, where was it, in Florida? But you know, the three-on-three tournament? I enjoy I it. I liked it. It's interesting. It's probably the second. But most. there's no hitting. There's no uh, checking of any sort. Uh, it's pretty much, if you're... A goalie in the NHL All-Star game. You have no trouble sleeping that night. <laughs> yeah. You see more rubber than the lodge in any given day. And, you know, it is what it is. Right. That's true and that's fair. So you're saying it's not it's not like the regular game. Right. And baseball All-Star game is. It's you throw it, you hit it, you field it. Now, did I like the fact that whoever won got home field advantage in the World Series. I thought that was pretty cool for a minute. And they did away with that. But, you know, I'll be tuned in tonight <laughs> okay. when we get home. No doubt I about do it. I like the home run derby. That I like. I miss Berman doing it, though. I like the back, 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 back I love back, that. Back, back. Now he doesn't do it They anymore. don't bring him back for this? No, I thought they did. They used to. They don't anymore. Oh, for crying bring out Bring him loud. back. Good. Oh, negative Nick's here now. Bring it. That's that's unlike Nicholas. Usually he's got a uh, positive slant. No. He doesn't like you either. Oh, okay. Well, he he, uh, he doesn't do a whole lot anymore. They still have him do the uh, the the score thing, the scoreboard. He does the best three minutes in sports. Yeah. 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 All right, uh, the Red Wings with a nice addition. Stevie Y saying he'd still like to add a goal to, uh, goal scorer. And uh, by golly, he did. We'll have that as we continue with the sports book here on 760 WJR. Yeah, as always, thank you so very much to our wonderful friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for their support of whatever it is here we do. 
we're coming up on our two-year anniversary there, partner. Have you ever thought of that? No. What are we going to do to celebrate? I don't know. There should be, uh, at the very least, a buffet. <laughs> we'll have to talk to Marcero. Or cocktails. I don't understand why not. Somebody please tell me that this has been thought about. Well, if it Next hasn't, month. there are plans in the works now. Balloons and sparklers, for sure. That pretty much says it all, doesn't yeah. it? That's uh, our budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we'll have to contribute for that. Yeah. Uh, how are you enjoying your uh, your new vantage point there, Blaker? This is it. You know, I'm I'm not in the weeds, so I'm happy. No, this and, and you're right inside where all yeah. the wheels are turning. Yeah, this is the magic. Pipe. I get to I get to be a part of commercial breaks. That's fun. And the kibitzing that goes yeah, on during the, the break. During the break, of course. Um, as we move on, hey, congratulations to uh, good friend Chris Draper. Yes, I'm very excited about this because. Not that I personally know them, but I've interviewed him so many times in the 11 years I've been here. And he was promoted from director of amateur scouting to assistant general manager. And he just celebrated his 30th anniversary with the organization. And he's just like a Red Wing through and through. So I love that move. And we got the dude for a buck. Yes. From the Winnipeg Jets. For a dollar. People forget. That was money well spent. Literally, he went from retirement into the front office like he was a special assistant to um ken holland yeah and uh he and kenny uh got along famously and you knew once stevie eiserman took over that you know them being the former teammates and all that that transition was going to be seamless and now uh going to be working side by side real happy for everybody yes uh and happy for alex to how about this young fellow the cat uh came down apparently uh, doing some light reading this morning uh, came down to the Red Wings and New York Islanders. And uh, Stevie Y made it happen, getting the two-time 40-goal scorer. And remember, uh, Stevie, uh, even after the free agent frenzy, said still wanted to bring aboard a goal scorer or two. Well, he uh, was very successful. Now, in return, the Red Wings sent forward Dominic uh, Kubalik, prospect defenseman Donovan Sobrango, a conditional first-round pick, and a 2024 fourth-round pick to the Senators. Then, shortly after the deal was consummated, uh, the Red Wings announced the team uh, uh, signed DeBrinket to a four-year extension carrying a $7.875 million salary cap hit and a total of $31.5 million. What are you going to do? Well, I everyone was saying that the rumors were that he wanted a longer deal, more money, Nylander is another guy who wants a long deal, lots of money. But I think the Red Wings got the hometown discount. This guy was all over the place saying he wanted to come home. Yeah, Farmington Hills Kind of hurt his leverage a little bit. Maybe a little. But you want to go home, you want to go home. Uh, It was an interesting story because I think he went to Harrison for one year. His original intent was to play college hockey. And then, no, he went right to the OHL. Uh, And the rest, as they say, is history. Now, he's 25 years old. Uh, he has scored more than 50 points in each of his uh, six NHL seasons. Uh, his lone year with the Senators last year, uh, he finished with 27 goals and 66 points. It was the fifth time and third consecutive season he finished with more than 20 goals in a campaign. And that was kind of like a down year for him. So this is a good thing for the Red Wings. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, again, uh, spent his time in Farmington Hills. Oh little anecdote here. His mom and dad met at Michigan State. 
okay. So there's that. Go green. Uh, obviously, uh, being brought up where he was, uh, his favorite player at one time was Pablo Datsuk. The guy loves his hometown. He talked about it in a Zoom, I think it was today. He was wearing an old Detroit Pistons hat, and he talked about all the ice rinks that he loves around here. I mean, this guy is a Detroiter, and I think, I just think that's going to make him play harder. He yeah, wants gonna, to get this team back to the playoffs. That's got to be a thrill, though, you know, to come back to your hometown team. I don't know uh, the numbers on exactly how often in professional sport it happens. You know, it does from time to time. Um, but at this point in his career, especially when you're being brought in to help get this organization, and for our Canadian friends, organization, <laughs> uh, to the playoffs again. I mean, it hasn't happened since 2016 after you were there 25 straight years. Well, they haven't had a 40-goal scorer since Marion Hossa, and they went to the Stanley Cup final that year. So, just saying. Well, um, some are now saying, with the addition of Mr. DeBrinkett, that the uh, Red Wings now own a top-nine forward group with the likes of Dylan Larkin, David Perron, Andrew Cobb, Robbie Fabri, and Lucas Raymond. They could have three strong lines going out, which is great, which is what they needed. Think about the power play, what that would look like. I can't wait. Yeah. and uh, Let's go. Listen, there, in hockey town, I guess... Patience wears thin. But you have to, again, understand that when Stevie Eisenman took over, the pantry was completely empty. Correct. I mean, there was some splattering of talent, but it had to be completely overhauled. And that's what he's been in the process of doing here. And he had these contracts that were huge that he had to get rid of, like Justin Abdelkader's and things like that. So he had work to do when he first got here. But honestly, I don't think patience is that thin, even though it's hockey town, because people are, are trusting 100% wholeheartedly in what Eiserman's doing. Well, when you're Steve Eiserman, you know, who's, who's going to debate you? You know? Go ahead and do what you some, think you got to do. trolls on Twitter. Uh, Blake, let's talk about this, because... I know how you feel about football, and it is on the horizon. As a matter of fact, uh, nine days, your Detroit Lions open training camp. Uh, rookies, full squad, the 22nd. It's going to be here before you know it, man. It really And look is. at you over there. Yeah, you just put the biggest smile on my face. I, I'm so ready for football. I'm so, it's, it's the best. It's a uh, great time of year. Uh, but the way it works, you know, you look forward to the start of training camp, and then that gets underway. And then next thing you know, you blink, and it's late September, and then you blink again, and it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Something about football season, it just flies. I know. You said this, like, last week. I'm like, hey, 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 it's still summer. Let us enjoy have, summer and golf. No, last week I said, you know, based on what various family members have said, once 4th of July gets here, summer's <laughs> over. Yeah. You and my mom. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Your mom is, is subscribes to that theory. Have they announced who's doing hard knocks yet? Because I know that there was, like, rumors that it could be Detroit. They're not going to do it. I know they're not. No, they. Uh, there was some scuttlebutt. Because apparently nationwide it went over very well yeah. with Dan Campbell and the group. And they put out feelers as to uh, whether or not the Lions wanted to do a sequel. And apparently not. But last I heard... It was the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, that was the rumored 
team that I heard too. But when hard knocks hits, that's when I'm like, it's it's almost time. Like football See, but, season's here. You know, I've been a big fan of the show since it started. But now here's the reality. We're going to have the Jets and that Aaron Rodgers, can't say what I want to do, shoved on our gullets all season long. I think they've got, what, six nationally broadcast yeah. games or some damn thing? Yeah. Wow. And now hard knocks? Mm-hmm. Oh. Everything I'm reading is no official decision. New York doesn't want to do it, but they're probably going to be the ones that have I, to do it. There was three teams that I know that could be, like, forced to do it because you can be forced by the NFL if you didn't hire a new coach and didn't make the playoffs. There was three teams, and it was, or if you haven't done it in the last, like, five years. It was the Jets, the Bears, and someone else. And the Jets would, like, if you're going to force a team to do it, like, yes, I agree with you, I can't stand Aaron Rodgers, but that team would be the most logical. Well, with all the roster changes, they well, you know, they're Green Bay East right now. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Um, but I think it's from a dialogue standpoint, uh, that would be the way HBO would want to go. But then you got to a- ask the question, how much cooperation will you get That's from Aaron Rodgers? That's what I was going to say. How good of a show will that be if everyone's forced against their will? Yeah, it would be the Jets, Bears, or Saints. I In this article, it says also Washington Commanders, but who wants to see that? The only team that we're actually discussing, the Bears do nothing for me uh, for some reason. Zero. Nothing. Uh, the Saints? Eh. Meh. Eh. <laughs> if it, Drew Brees isn't there anymore, I don't care. <laughs> So like an ago. Okay. I know. I think Coach Sala <laughs> has always been very good in interviews, but he's yeah. no Dan Campbell. But, you, you know, that's what's going to happen. Everybody's going to compare this season to, you know, what Campbell did last year. And it, it, there's no comparison. No, there's no comparison. Well, if the, if the Saints got it, though, uh, what's his name? The running back. Oh, my gosh, I'm blanking. That was on the Lions. That was all over Hard Knocks last year. Oh, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. Oh, he's pretty good. He would be on it again if it was the Saints. Oh, yeah. So there's that. It's going to be the Jets. Yeah. You heard it here first. All right, folks. We'll uh, wrap things up as we continue with this edition of the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. Uh, Before we head out, certainly wanted to discuss this because it makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, the potential legal battle between Bob Huggins and West Virginia uh, continued to build um, today uh, with Huggins releasing a statement saying he never submitted a resignation notice to the school and should therefore still be employed as the school's head men's basketball coach. Now, remember, a June 17th announcement released by the school and attributed to Huggins said he was stepping down following his arrest the night before for allegedly driving under the influence. The arrest came just six weeks after Huggins used an anti-gay slur in a radio interview, which resulted in a three-game suspension and $1 million salary reduction. However, in his statement, I guess this was last week, uh, Huggins said the June 17th announcement, you see, was, was not written by him. Uh-huh. I find this all very embarrassing for him. Yeah, I don't know if it's Huggy Bear doesn't want to leave 
Or is this like monetary? If they have to fire him, does he get a different, you know, anything? Well, after the radio faux pas, they said they were going to give him the uh, the three game suspension and the one million dollar salary reduction. Clearly, he signed off on that. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, go ahead and do then what you got to do. He drives under the influence and gets arrested. And he wasn't just a little under the influence. No, it was like uh, he was bombed. It was, it was uh, bad. The super over is super drunk. Yeah, yeah, what we call it here. But like, that being said, uh, how you can come out and say after everything that has transpired, yeah, that letter of resignation, I, I didn't write it. As a matter of fact, I did not draft or review WVU statement. Huggins wrote. This false statement was set under my name, but no signature is included. I am employed by WVU pursuant to an employment agreement. I never submitted the notice required under the employment agreement to voluntarily resign. This part right here is funny, and I'm on NBCNews.com. Campbell's letter said the university announced Huggins' resignation, quote, based on text message from Coach Huggins' wife to the university's athletic director. And then the university responded to Campbell in a letter Saturday that read, in part, we are frankly confused by the allegations within the letter. <laughs> this he, is embarrassing. It's uh, it's rather disturbing. Uh, Huggins added that he voluntarily checked into a rehabilitation center and plans to remain there until he's cleared to return to his active coaching duties. See how that works? Mm-hmm. Just because he says he's still employed, he thinks he is. Oh, uh, this is going to be uh, this is going to be a lawsuit for the ages. Yeah. By the way, he had, so when he got the DUI, it was point two one. Yeah. Well, as they say, more than double the legal limit. But I just don't understand what's to be gained by taking the stance that he is, because clearly, uh, West Virginia University has a different take on this whole thing. And uh, I don't know. The university provided the AP with a copy of a notice sent by Huggins' wife June that same day. It read, quote, please accept this correspondence as my formal notice of resignation as WVU head basketball coach and as notice of my retirement from WVU effective immediately. And then the athletic director responded, we accept your resignation and wish you the best. So (laughs) we accept your resignation and hey, good luck in your future endeavors. And now he's saying what? His wife just went rogue? I, well, his daughter. Uh, I remember uh, seeing a little something, something. She went off on West Virginia. Went off. Saying yeah. that her dad is an icon and what he's done for the university and this, that, and the other thing. And Yeah, he's tarnishing his legacy. Though. Yeah, now this is all And weird. that's sad. And before we go, we'll just uh, once again recap the uh, top story northwestern has speaking of coaches in a bad way has fired their head football coach pat fitzgerald uh his firing comes in the wake of a two-week unpaid suspension that was announced by the school uh just this past friday following a university commission investigation into hazing allegations within the program that were made by an anonymous whistleblower uh he has been there a long time head football coach since 2006 uh, very highly regarded, very well respected. Uh, you talk about a dude living his dream, hell of a linebacker at Northwestern, took over the reins, and 
I think for a career to end like this um, is a is a travesty, and he should have known better. Yeah, I think that this was the only outcome it could have been. Now, that being said, and I will say this with every ounce of confidence in my being, he will not be unemployed long. Yeah, I mean, he'll get a job somewhere else. I mean, but when you read the stories of what transpired, how is this happening in a college football locker room? Anywhere in the nation. Yeah, anywhere. Let alone a place of higher learning like Northwestern. Hazing, racism, all kinds of things. All over the, and and none, none any better than the previous story you read. No, and as someone who went to Northwestern, I don't want that associated with Northwestern, so he had to go. You know, years ago, um, the late, great Frank Beckman, we were doing Michigan football at the time. Uh, Frank had uh, back surgery, and he couldn't make the game. So the legendary Jim Branstadter uh, was doing play-by-play. Yours truly, color. Wow. One of the great moments of my mediocre career. But it was at Northwestern. And a couple things. There was a burger dog joint type thing, a little place right by Northwestern Stadium. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't, actually. And it was gold. Delish. But upon further investigation uh, inside that beautiful stadium, Northwestern was the only team in the Big Ten that sold the the opposition's merchandise as well as their own. (laughs) I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Well, it's just good business. Uh, also, they probably at that time had more opposition fans in that place. Yeah, uh, it was, uh, you know, I think uh, Tony Butler, the engineer, had to add some uh, some sound. So, <laughs> All right, Blake, who are you going with in the All-Star game tonight? Darn it. The home run, the All-Star game or no, the home run derby? Tomorrow night, the All-Star game. Let's just take the National League. I'm going to take the over. And the streak. and uh, Yeah, and the over. Seven and a half. That's a good over. Yep. yep. Um, And you're taking the NL to end the yep. nine-game losing streak. Yeah. Water always has to find its level. I'm sorry, what was that? Water always has to find its level. <laughs> sure. You know, for as long as I've known you, that might have been the most <laughs> profound thing I've ever heard you say. Thank you. Water has to find its level. <laughs> yep. Wow, look at you. Nice having you aboard there, lad. Uh, Parker, thank you very much. Partner, do it again next week. Sure. Isn't it at catch? I think it is. Okay, see you there. Looking forward to it here on JR.